right, let's grab our Bibles, go back to where we started, and we will, we will be, I will be, I guess, uh, going through a bunch of different scriptures. Some of them are listed uh, on that sheet that you got. Uh, some of them may not be, so if you have a pen handy, you can write down uh, some of the additional uh, notes and things. So it's kind of, today's a little bit different, uh, more of a, of a lesson uh, than actual preaching, but with the intent, there's several several goals that I have, end of mind goals for our time today. And one of them, uh, I can, I guess, preface by saying, especially if you're new uh, to Berean Baptist Church, as a, uh, as a Baptist church, uh, we believe in the sole authority of the Bible. Uh, the Bible is our final rule uh, of faith and practice. Uh, the view um, of of uh, Easter, uh, which is most of the, the view that many people look at. Uh, Easter wasn't even, in fact, I think that is on your notes. Uh, there was a certain time in history where uh, Greek Orthodox Church began to celebrate Easter and the Catholic Church began uh, to celebrate Easter and, and all the different things that they would do uh, related to that. Uh, but, um, and again, people can get upset about even using the word Easter. It's in the Bible uh, and it describes for us uh, the Passover, uh, and uh, I don't want you to be um, what is affectionately termed a pious gas bag uh, when, it, when it comes to holidays, right? Uh, you know, we you say, well, it's Easter, and, you know, Easter eggs and, you know, are of the devil, and, uh, and on and on and on, and so there are churches that are going to have Easter egg hunts and, and stuff. We don't do that because, uh, because we believe the Bible in this respect is that when, when things like that are stumbling block to other Christians, then we don't do them, all right? And, uh, and so uh, we take a principle from the Bible, we apply that to the things that we do uh, as a church, and that's the, right, that's the right thing that you're supposed to do. And so I'm not mad at churches that are, you know, dropping candy from helicopters today and, uh, or next week and, and having those different things. They, they, can, they can do what they feel is right in their local church, all right? Uh, but a reason that we don't uh, do it as a church, if you're wondering, uh, is because it offends some people, uh, and, uh, and so we would just rather not do it uh, than to be a stumbling block to them. And that's the Christian thing to do, uh, the biblical way to approach that. But having said that, um, you know, don't be a pious gas bag uh, and around people, uh, you know, because that's a, that's a stereotype uh, of uh, of. of Biblical Christianity, Baptists in particular, uh, they say Pharisees. And so um, we're doing it. Uh, that is a reason. Um, I want to help you with it to understand Easter. Uh, but then even referencing the stereotypes a second ago, um, one of the stereotypes of independent fundamental Baptists, uh, and it's not even true, uh, they, would say, they would say that we will elevate the traditions of men uh, above the authority of the Bible, which we don't. Um, uh, and, and when you challenge people to say, okay, where do, we, where do we do that? They never really have an answer. And it really comes down to, you know, in fact, when they talk about not, not following the traditions of men and following Scripture, they're quoting Scripture. Uh, but remember, all the Bible is written for us, but not all the Bible is written to us. And the, and the verses that they're quoting, are they're quoting about Jewish Christians who were obeying traditions rather than the Word of God because they were following um, the oral Torah. 
you had the Torah and the commandments of God, but then you had Pharisees and Sadducees and, uh, and, uh, and the like who were adding to. Remember when Jesus was, uh, was rebuking the Pharisees, uh, saying this is, this is what you should do and you've left this undone. Uh, they, had, they had made up rules um, that were extra biblical rules and that's what they followed. They followed the oral Torah uh, and were in, you know, that's why they'd get mad at Jesus and his followers for eating, having not washed their hands, right? So Jesus had to say, it's not what goes in the mouth that defiles the man. It's what comes out of the mouth that defiles the man. And so the whole, you know, washing, by the way, wash your hands before you eat. Okay, that's important. Good hygiene is, is always, why they call it good. It's good hygiene. Uh, and, uh, but, but you're not sinning if, you, if you, eat, you, know, you eat that burger without washing your hands, all right? But they thought it was terrible. Why? Because they had added to the laws of God, and they were following traditions of men. So even when people say, you follow traditions of men and not the Bible, they don't even know what they're talking about. Uh, and it irritates me because, because it's said so often. And I say, okay, well, just, you know, what, what are you talking about? And by the way, um, Traditions can be benign. They don't have to have a Bible verse attached to them, right? You can, you can have, all, how many of you have traditions, like family traditions at Easter or Christmas or whatever? You know, you have a tradition. Maybe your tradition is every Friday you have pizza, okay? I'm like, where does it say that in the Bible? Um, you, you know, you gotta, do you have a verse for that? You don't have to have a verse for everything. And, uh, and so, so please understand that. Bible is the final rule of faith and practice. Traditions can be traditions, and, and they can be um, benign in the sense that um, there's not a Bible verse attached to them. There's nothing wrong. However, uh, there are traditions that, that can be unbiblical, uh, be unbiblical, uh, extra biblical, uh, and, and we're mindful of all that. So the tradition, uh, Easter week, uh, and, uh, and, what, and how people practice it, and why I mentioned that stereotype is because there are pastors, preachers, churches, church members uh, who say you shouldn't follow the traditions of man and you should obey the Bible and don't realize and understand uh, that um, Palm Sunday and Good Friday uh, are traditions of men that, aren't in, that, that don't align with what the Bible teaches. All right? So they're speaking out of both sides of their mouth uh, and in... in, their, in sincerely to the point where they're like, well, you know, we do that and it's a way that we can reach people. We always, ju- the ends doesn't justify the means. I'm glad that people have Good Friday services and somebody gets saved, um, but it's, a, it's, a, it's man's tradition and, uh, and knock yourself out. The local church wants to do that. They can do it, um, but um, don't justify it. Uh, in, in that way, and also when, you're, when you do stuff like that and then you, you call other people out on following traditions, it's hypocritical. So this is a way for you to help and understand if you're ever criticized by someone uh, because you're a Baptist uh, that uh, you, know, you have traditions. When they say traditions, they mean rules, that you follow rules or you have standards. Did you realize that this week, maybe you didn't realize this before, but even Hollywood has values and standards? Somebody slaps somebody at the Oscars and they have a, a, a committee that meets together and they rule and judge 
uh, and, uh, and tell Mr. Smith that he can't come to the Oscars for, for 10 years and whatever. Everybody has standards, right? Everybody has values. They should line up with the Bible if you're a Christian. Uh, but is everybody okay? Uh, everybody has standards. And, and, and your standard doesn't have to have a Bible verse attached to it. A standard is what you place in your life to help you keep the convictions that you have. And if somebody has a standard uh, that's higher than, than yours, praise God for it. Don't criticize them for it. They put that in place. It's a, it's a fence. It's something they put in place uh, to hedge about to help them keep a commitment uh, or a biblical value that they understand the Bible to teach. Okay, So I've just covered, you got like 10 sermons already. All right, before we even get into this, and I got so much, so let's go. All right, so uh, I had you be- begin reading and, and about the sign in Matthew chapter number 12, and then we looked at the book of Leviticus uh, chapter number 23. Uh, and, uh, and why I said that is key uh, to it, and again, I, and please, I'm going to be straightforward. Um, some of you, and I, and I do not mean to be condescending when I say math is hard. Okay, uh, I'm, uh, a merry heart doeth good like medicine. Okay, sometimes my humor might not be received, and and uh, my intention is not, you know, if you're like I just believe that, and and uh, and so I think that you're, you know, uh, ignorant or whatever. Please don't go there. I'm just giving you what the Bible says. All right, the plain sense of it, uh, and uh, and and it's very very logical, um, because God, uh, God. Uh, has laid these things out for us, and there's no mistake, and the Bible doesn't have contradictions. Uh, and one of the contradictions that people would claim uh, to uh, de-value, um, uh, deep, uh, you know, uh, Christianity uh, is Mary and Martha in uh, them bringing spices to the tomb of Jesus, and they would take the Gospels and say, here, this is a contradiction. One says they went this time, another says they went that time. But it's not a contradiction. Um, they, they went at different times. Uh, and, uh, and the Bible talks about between the Sabbaths, and we'll talk about that here in a second. It's not a contradiction. What it is is ignorance, <laughs> biblical ignorance on the part of the person who's saying that there's a contradiction. Because the Bible uh, covers all of that. So my, my goal is to instruct us, to educate us on that, to understand um, why we have the custom that we do as a church to have uh, on Tuesday we have the Lord's Supper. On, on Tuesday night, we do it. It's a special time, uh, and it's for the members of, of, of the church. And, uh, and, uh, and this will help you understand why we do that, why we do it once a year as well. Uh, this hopefully will increase your confidence in the Bible. Uh, and uh, in truth, uh, it exposes the error of religion. And, uh, and uh, again, um, it wasn't until the 4th century uh, that religion practiced uh, what we typically see as Easter practices. So, uh, number one, uh, it's important for us to understand the context uh, of, uh, of Easter. Now, if you've heard the terms uh, synoptic gospels, the gospels are synoptic. Uh, what that means is that they all fit together. Um, God uses the personalities. Remember, the Bible's, you know, 66 books written over period of 1,600 years by 40 different authors, and, and it's, without, it, it's without contradiction, which, which in one point uh, shows you the miracle of the Bible. Like, we all couldn't, we couldn't work on a writing project and agree on anything. 
all right? Uh, and, uh, but God did all of that miraculously because uh, He's promised to inspire His Word and then to preserve it. And some of these traditions that churches say uh, are necessary, um, they, they weren't even part of church culture and things for the longest time. Uh, you think of uh, uh, if some people who are uh, Pentecostal or, uh, or charismatic uh, believe that you have to speak in tongues. Uh, if you don't speak in tongues, then, then you're not saved. Um, but the Bible teaches that it ceased, and then it was like nobody did it for like 1,600 years, uh, and, or 1,900 years. So it wasn't until uh, a, a, a revival in California in the 60s where it started up again. So God's not that careless um, uh, that, uh, that He's going to set aside these things or, or discard the inspired Word of God uh, in garbage cans at the Vatican or, uh, or bury them in a mountain. Um, God has given us all these things. So everything fits. Uh, and, uh, and before I get into running through some of these verses here in a second, oh, it's, uh, 11.47, is everybody good? Uh, all right. Um, there's, there's a couple other things. Write this down, please. Matthew 2, verses 1 through 17, talk about Herod uh, and his death. So you can look at history, and there's a time that he lived, and there's a time that people historically believe uh, he died. And remember in the story of, of Herod in the birth of Jesus, remember they had um, um, you know, uh, the, the Magi and etc. cetera, uh, and all that was involved in the Christmas story, uh, the time of Herod the king, he, he was alive. So Jesus was born during that time that Herod uh, was, was living and working and doing what Herod did. Is everybody with me? All right, so, so we, we know, as in a nutshell, that the birth of Christ coincides historically with the end of the life of Herod, all right? And then at a point, there was, a, there was another leader, uh, and, uh, and we had, um, you know, the story of Jesus' childhood and everything that, uh, that went in place. And so um, the death of Herod, uh, was uh, estimated, most scholars believe, between 4 B.C. and 2 B.C. And don't let the whole B.C. and A.D., you know, when I say I, 1987 I got saved, I refer to everything before 1987 as B.C., before Christ, all right? Uh, and, uh, and so uh, with all of that, um, B.C., A.D., and that transition is irrelevant. Um, there's, there's reasons behind all of that, but it's irrelevant to our discussion. So, Herod uh, died somewhere between 4 B.C. and 2 B.C. There was two years of hiding in Egypt uh, for, uh, for Jesus because of that. And then um, another thing that helps us to understand the context is John the Baptist, right? So uh, if you write down Luke 3, verses 1 through 3, is an example. The ministry of John the Baptist, his birth and death uh, are all part of that as well. Uh, because um, Mary uh, and uh, um, uh, well, Jesus and John the Baptist, they were born not too far apart. All right, remember uh, John the Baptist leaping in the womb and, uh, and things that the Bible says. So it's important to understand um, that there are ways that you can tell when Jesus was born. Uh, and uh, we also know how long he, he lived before the crucifixion. So we know how long his earthly ministry was, and we know that he lived to be uh, 33 
uh, and a half, I guess, is, uh, is what uh, people under, uh, understand. Uh, but turn with me, uh, and uh, if you want to, again, you can write these down. And the bottom of your bottom right of your, uh, that piece of paper has some of this stuff uh, on it. Uh, but in John chapter number 12, uh, the Bible lays out the chronology, and these are all b- things from the gospel. So we jump between them real quick, as fast as I can. And again, I encourage you just to read them. Um, And here's the key to knowing it all. Every year, we read it in Leviticus, every year the Passover falls on the 14th of Nisan, according to the Hebrew calendar. Every year, if the Lord doesn't come back for 200 years, every year the Jews will will celebrate the Passover on the first month of the year for them, Nisan, on the 14th. Is everybody with me? All right. So when you go back, like you could... You can go back, like, if you wanted to know which day of the week your birthday was in 1942. You can go on the interweb and look at calendars all the way back, all right? And you can know what, what week your birthday is on in 2065 because, because it's, it's there, all right? So, so it's always on the 14th of Nisan. So we can go back in time uh, to the time of Christ, uh, and find out which days of the week the 14th of Nisan fell on. And then the 15th. And why the 15th is important, because the 15th was a Sabbath day, all right, with the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So it's an eight-day feast uh, that happens every single year, uh, and, uh, and they, they count the preparation day as part of it, uh, and has the first day of that on the 15th. They celebrate the Passover on the 14th, every year on the 15th is a, is a Sabbath day. And then um, you have the, the seventh day uh, of it is also a Sabbath day. And then depending on the week, you might have a, a, a seventh day Saturday Sabbath that is also happening during that time. All right. Um, say amen if you're still with me. All right. So, so during the crucifixion week and what you see on your notes uh, is that there were several Sabbaths, all right? Beyond, beyond that, so you had, there was a, 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 a Thursday Sabbath, which was the 15th of Nisan. Uh, and, and why I've got on there Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, because remember, three plus three, two plus two. Um, but when you go back in time and look at when Christ was born in the, in the days, you can look at it, there's... there's um, astronomy involved and NASA involved. You can look up on the websites and find out all of this stuff, okay? I've just done it for you and put it on the paper. Um, So um, there was a Sabbath on a Thursday, and then there was also a Sabbath on Saturday, which was the seventh-day Sabbath. So in the end, if I don't get to it, when it says between the Sabbaths, or it says they went uh, and they rested, Mary, whatever, they went on Friday, all right, because there was a Sabbath on Thursday and there was a Sabbath on Saturday. Does that make sense? So, so there's no contradiction in the Bible. It just, man's tradition says Good Friday. And it doesn't compute, <laughs> right? Uh, it doesn't make any sense. And uh, so we know uh, historically, mathematically, you know, scientifically, um, biblically, 14th, every day till the Lord comes back, 
They celebrate the Passover, and they celebrated it back then because they had the book of Leviticus, and they obeyed it. So they gathered together. So you go backwards you know, in days, right? Uh, and uh, so we know in John chapter number 12, it says, Then Jesus, uh, six days, in John 12, verse number 1, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany. All right? So we know the Passover is the 14th, and he came to Bethany six days uh, before that. We have the story of the Jericho to Bethany, the last half of the journey. Uh, and then John chapter number 12, verse number 12 says, on the next day, which means what? On the next day, <laughs> all right? So, so the, the next day, which would be Nisan the 10th, all right? Much people were come to the feast. When they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches uh, of palms uh, and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna. Uh, and Jesus entered into Jerusalem, the temple, and all of that was done on Saturday, Nisan the 10th, the triumphal entry. It was the Jewish seventh-day Sabbath. Remember, uh, he could only travel a certain distance. Uh, and uh, and um, there were a lot of things that were, and they laid down the palms, but they, they did it on a Sabbath. And so that's a Saturday. So we know it's a Saturday, and we know that the day before was Bethany. All right? Um, the Bible will mess up uh, your tradition. All right? Uh, so uh, we know that that happened. Mark eleven eleven says, and Jesus entered to Jerusalem, etc. Uh, Mark 11, verse 12 and 13 says, And on the morrow, which means the next day, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry, seeing a fig tree far off, leaving leaves he came. Verse 15, they came to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple. Verse 19, uh, and when even was come, he went out of the city. So now we have Sunday, Nisan the 11th. We have the cursing of the fig tree. We have the cleansing uh, of the temple. He's flipping tables over. Uh, and, uh, and then uh, Mark, uh, chapter number 11, verse number 20. And I don't have that graph in front of me, so pardon me if I'm not giving you the verses that are on there. But it says in Mark, remember, the Gospels are synoptic. They're, saying, they're teaching the same events. God's using different people. He says, and in the morning, they passed by and saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. So that's Monday, Nisan the 12th. Uh, Mark eleven twenty seven says they came again to Jerusalem. It says late in the day and Jesus went out. And Mark, Matthew 24, verse 1 says he went out. Uh, Matthew 24, verse 3 says that he sat upon the Mount of Olives. And, and it says, you know that after two days is the feast of the Passover. So he battles with his enemies. He announces that two days uh, there will be the Passover. That is Monday, Nisan the 12th. Then it says in Matthew 26, verses 6 and 7, now when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment. This is Mary um, anointing Jesus uh, for his death. She saw something that everybody else didn't. Uh, and this is Tuesday, Nisan the 13th. In the afternoon, Matthew 26, verse number 17. Now the, the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? Uh, and it says in verse 19 of Matthew 26, And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. They, he had given them instructions. Uh, so we have the Olivet Discourse uh, concluded. We have supper at Simon's house. And on the next day, uh, Peter and John were preparing the Passover. Uh, and so now we get into Wednesday. And remember, mornings and evenings. And uh, you'll have that in your notes. The, there, that six, it's... Um, evening and mornings were days. 
according to how they saw stuff, right? So six, you know, six p.m. Uh, to to uh, six p.m. Uh, is how uh, they calculated these types of things. So just after sunset. Uh, on Nisan the 14th, Matthew 26, verse 20 says, Now when the even was come, uh, he sat down with the twelve. Uh, and uh, then, then we know, then came Gethsemane, then came the arrest, uh, the religious trial, uh, all of that. Um, so, so it was at night, remember, after sunset. So Wednesday the, uh, the 14th, they had the Passover. And, and, and as the day progressed, uh, was all the events uh, of this, of the trial uh, and everything, and the crucifixion uh, uh, by noon, because we we see when it says what times, uh, time of day, at what hour of the day, as we read the gospel accounts. Joseph of Arimathea uh, went to Pilate uh, that same time and requested the tomb, uh, and um, and then Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of of, of uh, Joseph, beheld where he was laid. So on the fourteenth. Um, was God's Passover, uh, the Jews' preparation day, the Passover eaten. Um, and then the Bible says that Jesus was crucified between the evenings, all right, uh, which tells us the time of the day, which biblically teaches us that it was Good Wednesday uh, and not Good Friday. Is everybody with me? All right, I know it's 12 o'clock. I'm going to be done in 10 minutes, all right? And when, if I'm not, I'll pick this up at another service, all right? And, uh, but you have a lot of that stuff right there. Uh, so Thursday, Nisan the 15th, Matthew 27, verse 26. Now the next day that followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate and secured a watch for the tomb. John 19, 31 says, for that Sabbath day was a high day. When the Sabbath day was a high day, what that means was that it was a Sabbath uh, on the first day of unleavened bread. It wasn't a Saturday Sabbath. It was, it was um, Passover, the next day, every year, on Nisan the 15th, is a Sabbath day, uh, a high Sabbath. Uh, that's what it said in Leviticus 23 on the 15th day of the same month. Uh, and it says you're supposed to do no servile work in it. So it was a Passover, the Passover Sabbath of the days, uh, 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 the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Jesus is in the tomb uh, and uh, in uh, and uh, that is on a, on a Thursday. And then on Friday, the 16th, Mark 16, 1, and when the Sabbath was passed, not the Saturday Sabbath, when the, when the high day Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, the mother, the Mary of James and Salome, had bought sweet spices that they might come uh, and anoint him. Uh, and, uh, and it says in Luke 23, verse 56, that they returned and prepared the spices and the anointment. So it was a preparation day for the seventh day Sabbath. Uh, it was the first visit of the women to the, uh, to the, the tomb. Uh, Jesus was in the tomb. Saturday, um, Nisan the 17th, Luke 23, verse 56. The Bible says, and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. Matthew 28, 2, And behold, there was a great earthquake, and uh, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. So you have Saturday as a seventh-day Sabbath. Jesus is in the tomb. And the resurrection, if you look on your notes there, um, happened, uh, I personally believe it might have been like, like 6 p.m. in a second. All right. You're three days and three nights. Now, they, didn't, they went to the tomb in the morning. Um, but Jesus resurrected in that, in that time frame. They discovered 
that he was gone when they went to the tomb. Um, but um, it, it, all the math has to fit. Uh, and, uh, and so they came, the Bible says, now upon the first of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulchre, bringing spices and they had, that they had prepared. Uh, they found the stone rolled away, Luke 24, verse 2. They entered in, found not the body. Uh, and uh, Leviticus 23 Verse 10 and 11, Then ye shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest on the morrow after the Sabbath. The priest shall wave it. It's, it's all a picture and a type of everything they discovered uh, that Jesus had resurrected uh, at uh, that point. So the context uh, is important. When Herod was alive, when John the Baptist was alive, uh, and, uh, and the Gospels give that all account. Then we consider uh, the calendar uh, that we have already done, uh, where Nisan the 14th, uh, there's Gregorian calendars and there's, there's Hebrew calendars. We, we follow a Gregorian calendar, right? So um, our, first, our first month of the year is January, all right? Um, their first month of the year uh, is Nisan, uh, and, uh, and it's different than what we do. Now, there's only two times... Um, that would fit with the time that Jesus was born and Herod and John the Baptist where Nisan the 14th fell on a Wednesday. All right? And that, that is on, in A.D. 31. All right? So you can look on the internet and find out the days of the week, Nisan 14th, 15th, Feast of Unleavened Bread in A.D. 31, and it's the only... There's three times within a big window where that could happen. One would have been before Jesus could have been born. And another one was he, he would have been gone for way too long because of his age. And there's one. So there's like two, there's basically two, 80, 28, 80, 31, uh, that it could have been, I believe it's AD 31 because the Passover fell on a Wednesday uh, and uh, you get three days uh, and three nights from that. And then you consider the clock on there, uh, as I mentioned, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Uh, and then the customs uh, of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, uh, in which days were Sabbaths. And so, uh, in a nutshell, what I've laid out for you, uh, what I've talked about very quickly, uh, all of that uh, in a timeline with Scripture uh, that supports, uh, supports the, the accounts uh, and the timeline that is there. So, we, as a church, um, we do the Lord's Supper um, as a memorial, like a Passover memorial. J Jesus said, when you do this, as oft as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. Uh, doesn't mean that you have to do it often. It's that when you do it, the impetus is laid upon how you do it, how you recognize uh, the elements, what you use um, uh, as the elements and all the conflict that they had with the Lord's Supper, we read in 1 Corinthians, uh, they made, turned it into a potluck at church. Um, and, and so what we do, in keeping with our Gregorian calendar, Easter week, Sunday. So we know next Sunday is Easter Sunday, what we celebrate according to our calendar, the Resurrection Sunday, all right? Um, so what we do is like, we think Wednesday, Good Wednesday, and so on Tuesday, we gather together and we take the Lord's Supper, uh, kind of in keeping with uh, the weekly events that took place. We do it once a year because the Passover 
is a memorial uh, event that takes place every year. So that's kind of some of the main reasons. Uh, there are other reasons about local church reasons and why we have it on a, on a, on a Tuesday night and we don't have it on a regular service time uh, and uh, about um, that's laid out for us in Scripture, so those are all part of it. Having said all this, um, what I want you to understand is the Bible is the final rule of faith and practice. All right? Um, and, and what we do in religion is we... We buy into things that are easy. Uh, we, we don't want to get in the Bible and see for ourselves. Um, we, we listen to and accept uh, the claims of critics to say there are contradictions in the Bible when there aren't. Uh, and, and one thing that this graph and what we've covered today should help you to understand is that you can have confidence in the Bible. Um, and, and always go to the Bible uh, and, and, not, and not traditions of men, even me as your pastor. Um, the Bible trumps pastors. The Bible trumps religions. Uh, and, uh, and so, um, you know, so we don't do Good Friday because I don't believe in Good Friday. Um, we, you're not hearing a Palm, uh, a Palm Sunday service. We're not having that. Churches everywhere, even Baptist churches all over the place, um, are, there's preachers preaching Palm Sunday, Jesus' triumphal entry uh, into Jerusalem. Knock yourself out. But I don't do it because it's not in line with the biblical account of that week. So you can trust the Bible. Um, hopefully, uh, it gives you confidence in the Word of God. Prayerfully, uh, it also hopefully gives you confidence in this place and in me. Uh, and uh, in my pledge to you that what you hear from this pulpit is always going to be scriptural truth. Uh, and, uh, and that we as a church do not follow traditions um, that are extra biblical. Uh, and if you say, well, you've got this rule or this standard, there are reasons for them. Uh, and if you ever un- want to know what they are, you certainly could um, ask, and I'll tell you, and uh, kind of the, the reasoning behind all of those. But the biggest thing is, Jesus came uh, and suffered and died on, Cal- on the cross at Calvary to pay my sin debt. Uh, and, um, and the Bible says uh, that he was buried three days and three nights, and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And I believe that with all my heart. And if it wasn't for his resurrection, every one of us today uh, would be hellbound. Uh, and, uh, and everything that we would do uh, at church would be an absolute 100% waste of time. Uh, but no, the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, um, filled with biblical truth that God has revealed to us about himself, that is, Inerrant, it's infallible, it's without error, uh, and uh, because if there's one, if there is one error in here, might as well throw the whole thing out. But there isn't, uh, and you say yes, there is, uh, and uh, I, I, I'm like, come tell me what it is, because I promise you, 100% money back guaranteed, it is not, uh, and uh, and I'm not going to assume that you've just made a mistake 
because, because you've probably just heard it from somebody else and not looked into it yourself, benefit of the doubt. But I guarantee you, the Bible is 100% true and accurate, which means what? means if you're born again, you have a home in heaven, uh, and uh, we, that there's no sting in death. Uh, the, the resurrection, uh, the hope that we have, it's why we can live and thrive in pandemics and, uh, and uh, in, in all the stuff that's going on in life because we're, it's bigger than us. And I, and I believe it with all of my heart. So the simple thing that people would be like, oh, you know, what, you know, it's like, is this really something that we should fight over? No, we shouldn't really fight over it with other people. Um, and it's not meant for you to like, somebody goes, hey, you're going to go to Good Friday services and all the different stuff. And, you know, uh, and by the way, we should value the differences in people. We should love them. Sometimes you don't have to tell everybody everything you know every minute. Love them and be gracious. But if they ask you, um, you know, does your church have Good Friday services? Um, and you go, well, no. And you don't have to say, well, it's because my pastor's a big stick in the mud. <laughs> you know, doesn't want us, whatever. There's a reason. Uh, and it's a biblical reason. And, um, and for him to know it's too good and do it not to him, it is sin. And, uh, and I'm so thankful. I'm, 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 I'm thankful that there are churches like ours that preach the gospel they're going to see people saved on Friday because they have the services. And um, it's, just, it's just not something, something that we do or I do uh, as a pastor, and it's okay, all right? And, uh, but this will give you the accurate information uh, that you can share with people and say, well, why don't you? You know, why, you know, and, and don't, you know don't start out like, you know, two plus two, three plus three, you know, math, as hard as it is, simple addition isn't. Um, you know, don't, don't say, oh, you must, you must have a common core education. <laughs> uh, you know, is that new math? Uh, and, uh, you know, save, save those things for the people you really know well. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but this will help you to understand the Bible. Let's all stand. We're out of time today. And,